All right, let's dive in. I am, I am pumped this morning to kick off this brand new series, Redo. And, and the whole premise, the big idea this morning is that God wants to turn our past and use our past for a purpose. God wants to turn our past and use our past for a purpose. Another way to say it is this, is our, our past can either define us or our past can refine us. Our past can define us or our past can, can refine us. Here's what I know to be true in all of our lives is we all have a past. We all have circumstances, struggles, whether it was last night or whether it was 10 years ago. Whatever it is in your life or whatever season of life it was, you have an area or situation that you have the choice to look back on and feel pain, remorse, heartache, and sorrow. Or you can look back on it and go, God used that. And he got me to where I am today because he wants to use it for his kingdom and his glory. We, we, can, we can turn our past into, into painful situations, and we all have them. And, and there's things that you've gone through that I could never relate to. And all I can show is love and compassion for your pain. And I'm the same way. We can look on our past with, with sorrow and heartache, and we can look on it and say, you know what? God, you allowed me to get through this. I'm still breathing. I'm still standing because you have a purpose and plan for my life. Can somebody say amen? Amen. It's, it's not about if I went through something. It's, it's a matter of what I'm going to do because I went through something. Am I going to look back on it with, with pain or am I going to look back on it and see purpose in it? That's what this whole series and big idea is about. And I love that she shared 1 John 4.10. Because that, that's the most important thing. You say, if there's one thing when it comes to a redo, a second chance, a new start, it's understanding that God loves me. God loves me. And I know that that's like the message of every single service, right? But God loves your anxious self. God loves your addicted self. He loves you in your bondage. He loves you in your brokenness. He loves us just the way we are. And that's the amazing thing about the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. I think we all have a situation, scenario in our life. When you look back on, you, you, you thought, you know what? I'm never going to recover from that. We, we all have those moments, those things that we've walked through, whether, the, you know, there were relationships, whether they were mistakes we made or, or uh, situations that we walked through. I was thinking, I've got so many of them. You know, you know, there's some situations and unrecoverable mistakes that you made that, you, you know, when they happen, you, you couldn't talk about them like the next week. And so this has been about three years ago. So it's been enough time that I could actually share this one with you. I, I was doing a wedding for a couple that I didn't know very well. I did the rehearsal, and it, they had spared no expense, everybody. It was a few years ago now, and it was this beautiful hotel. They had guests from all over the country that had flown in. They were dressed to the nines. Man, they just had all, man, the, the decorations, decor, food, everything planned out. It was perfect, and this was one of those brides that she was uptight about everything. John and Karen. I'll never forget. I usually don't get nervous and anxious in moments like these, but they were so anxious. It was causing me to feel nervous. I'll never forget. I was standing at the front, John right next to me, had my iPad in my hand. I watched as Karen made her way down. She got to the front. Her dad gave her away. They stood there looking into each other's eyes, full of love and excitement, hands shaking a little bit. And I began 
We're gathered here in the sight of God in the presence of this company to join together John and Karen in holy matrimony. When I said her name Karen, her eyes got real big. And she went from looking into John's eyes and she turned back with such a drastic quick turn into my eyes that I knew something must be wrong. I looked down at my iPad and lo and behold, as I read my script, I realized that John and Karen were actually John and Kristen. Everybody, listen, it was one of those Snickers moments, those wanna get away moments. It was unrecoverable. I wanted to dig myself in a hole and not come out. I, I, I flipped, I had, I had her name in my iPad a good 15, 20 times over the course of the ceremony. The title at the top of the iPad said, John and Kristen's wedding ceremony. I don't know, as she walked down the aisle, she just looked like a Karen to me. I blew it, man. I blew it. And the, and, the, and the bad thing about it was I tried to turn it into a joke, but she wasn't having any of it. She was so uptight. She was bridezilla, man. I mean, it just, I couldn't do right by her for the rest of the night. You, I, you, you just want to get away. You engage couples are like, man, we ain't having him do our wedding. You know what I'm saying? Let's we'll find somebody else. We all have those moments. Well, maybe you haven't had that one, but, but we've all had some difficult moments and needed a second chance, needed a redo. Everybody, as I think about redo stories in the Bible, this is one of my favorite. I, I want to go back to a story that even if you're new in your faith, you've heard this redo story before. The story of a, a boy that spoils his whole life and needs a second chance. And this week, I just, I asked God to download stuff in my spirit that would help kick this series off in a way that could be just transformational to all of us. And I really feel like he's done that. So I want to lean in this morning. If you're ready, say, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Luke chapter 15, you know it as the story of the prodigal son. And we're going to read most of this story together. And I want to stop at moments in the middle of the story and, and just give us some nuggets that we can, that, that God can speak to us. Uh, let, let's kick it off though. Verse 11, it says this, Jesus told him this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told the father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Let's stop right there and notice this is that the first thing that, that causes him to go wrong are the sins of pride and greed. Pride and greed. It, it, it sends him away and it says this. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man, look at it, says, it says he became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding, the pigs looked good to him. You, you ever been so hungry? You, you, you had those moments where like you just eat anything, like you sink your, your teeth into a McDonald's double cheeseburger and you feel like, man, that's the best. You know you're really hungry, man. You, you just know you're not hungry. This guy was so hungry. The Bible says Jesus teaches, he said, 
even, even feeding with the pigs felt good. It says, but no one gave him anything. And I love this next part. Maybe underline it. It says, when he finally came to his senses. When he finally came to his senses. Here's what I notice about this thought and what I recognize in our lives is that there's really two times that we come back to God. And it usually happens through revelation or it happens through rock bottom. It happens through revelation or rock bottom. The prodigal son actually experiences both. He hits rock bottom and, he's, and he gets this revelation. He says he came to his senses. And look what it says. He said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. If you're taking notes, the first thought that I felt like God just downloaded my spirit this week was this, is that while I'm wondering, God is waiting. While I'm wondering, God is waiting. Here's what we notice in the story is that the boy got, goes off and does his own thing, only to realize that everything he's chasing doesn't satisfy. Have you ever experienced this in your own life? Have you tried the ways of the world only to realize that it felt good for a minute, but it didn't really fulfill? It didn't really bring peace to the ache in your heart. It didn't fix everything in your life. It brought temporary pleasure. We've all been there. It's a, it's a place of wondering. As I was thinking about this wondering, I, I was thinking about the way I do. I'll just be honest with you, kind of vulnerable. But one of the things that's therapeutic for me is I enjoy walking through a mall. You won't hear too many guys confess that, but I will confess, I, I don't want to buy anything. I just want to walk through. There, there's moments where I have that itch, you know, like I, I, I need something. I want to buy something. Here's what I have happened in my life a lot of times when I go to the mall. Is I go in there thinking that I'm going to buy a shirt, I'm going to buy a shoes. Oftentimes I'll, I'll go into the dress room and, 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 and notice how nice it looks. And then I read the price tag and I realize it's not that nice. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I'll walk through the mall and I'll, and I'll enjoy the experience and the smells and, you know, the samples and everything the mall has to offer. And I'll find myself at a place after walking for a while realizing that actually everything I need, I've already got at home. I've already got one of those. I got one of those too. And that's too expensive. I don't want that. And I think we do this in our life. We wonder. We, want, we, we, we dabble, we try stuff, we, we go out and pursue things that bring temporary, just a, a sense of, of happiness, only to realize, just like the boy, that everything we need is already at home. But I love this. While I'm wondering, God is waiting. He's sitting there going, hey, I don't know when you're going to turn around, but I'm going to be here and I'm going to be ready for you. Why do, why do we wonder? Three reasons. Pride. Pride. It's what happened with the boy. I, I've got this on my own. I know what's best for me. Number two, these aren't in your notes if you're looking for a blank. They're just not there. This is extra. Pride, greed. He says this, I, I, I want what I don't have yet. I want my money. I'm going to go pursue my own life. Pride gets us. Greed gets us. And discontentment 
gets us. That's the third thing. We forget how good we had it when we were at home. You know, sometimes the, the grass is greener on the other side because they're watering their grass more. And their bill's higher over there too, by the way. Right? You know, it's a, it, just because it looks good doesn't mean it is good. I think sometimes we chase stuff because of a discontentment in our own life. We wonder. Look, verse 20. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole passage, the whole story. Verse 20 says, So he turned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. And filled with, underline it, love and compassion, just the nature of Jesus that says this, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Here's the thought God gave me, is that when I return, God comes running. When I return, God comes running. You know this song that we sing quite a bit these days, the song called Reckless Love. It's all about Luke chapter 15, these three stories of things that were lost, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, and God's love for us. And I had this thought as I was thinking about this song this week is I'm so thankful that, that God's reckless love is greater than my reckless life. I'm so thankful that God's reckless love is greater than my reckless life, that he would love me enough that even in my mess up, even in my sin and my brokenness, he would come running for me when I came home. Can I just encourage somebody today? He already knows what you've done and he's waiting for you to come home. The, the start of your second chance is not anything that, that God needs to do. He's just waiting for a heart that's ready to turn back to him. He, he's ready to open his arms wide to every sin, to every bit of brokenness in our life, when I return, God comes running. Verse 21, it says this, His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, I love his part. Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and, and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for the son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. So the celebration began. It's like the father had already forgotten everything that the son had done. I, I, I don't know, you know, where the fattened calf came from, but they found one, man. I mean, they found the ring. They found they, the rope. There was a celebration going on. Here, here's the thought I had this week, is that when I bring God, my worst, he gives me his best. When I bring God my worst, he gives me his best. Here's the struggle for us, though. I think we have a hard time bringing God our worst. I think we have a hard time showing up to church on Sunday when our life is a mess on Saturday. We let guilt and shame keep us from a father whose arms are open, ready to have a party, ready to celebrate a redemption story. But we allow the guilt and the areas of our life that are far from God keep us from coming back to dad. Let me ask you, what, what, what separated you? What, what's kept you from starting new, from 
from the redo, from the second chance. And today's a day to bring it to God. Surrender it at his feet, at the cross where there's mercy and grace, his love. When I bring God my worst, he gives me his best. Here's what 1 John 1, 7, it says, if we are living in the light, what is light? Light is the truth, the truth of God's word. It says, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son. Look what it says. It cleanses us from sin. John writes this, he says, if you're in the light, if you're in the truth, if you're close to Jesus, his, his grace and his mercy, it cleanses every sin. I, I illustrate it like this. There, there have been a couple times that uh, I've, thrown, I've thrown the laundry in the washing machine. And in my busyness and hurry to get everything done, a few minutes later, I'll hear the beep go off. And I'll start pulling clothes out of the washer. I don't know if you've ever had this happen where you pulled clothes out of the washer and you still smelled the same bad smell than when you put them in. I forgot to put the detergent in. Listen, I don't know if you've ever forgot the detergent in, in the washing machine, but it doesn't do a whole lot of good to run the cycle without the detergent. Y'all are looking at me like I'm the only one that's ever done this. Here's the deal. Here's the you can run that spin cycle until Jesus comes back. But without detergent, all you got is wet, dirty laundry. Listen, you can run it hot water. You can run it cold water. You can take a couple dirty things out. You can put a couple more dirty things in. Listen, unless you put detergent in, all you got is dirty laundry. What makes the difference? Let me tell you, the Tide Pod makes the difference, everybody. Say, Wes, where are you going with this? Let me tell you where I'm going. The Tide Pod is like the truth. It drowns out the darkness. Some of us, we're just running the dirty load over and over and over, expecting to pull out clean clothes. Listen, unless you apply some truth to your darkness, all you got is wet, dirty laundry. Oh, listen, you hear what I'm saying? I'm saying, you... you you got to bring truth in the middle of your mess. When the enemy lies to you, you got to speak the truth of God's word to him. You got to come to your senses and go, you know what? The world's way, it worked for a while, but God's way is so much better for my life. Why don't you apply some tide, apply some truth to the mess? Let me tell you, it has the power to overcome every dark place in our life. Somebody say amen. Amen. I love John 1, 5. It's not in your notes, but it says this, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Some of us, we, we're trying so hard to fix all the bad in our life. And the best way to fix the bad is run to the light. Run to the light. Run to the hope of God's word and his truth that sets us free. Let me give you three things when it comes to making a second chance and how we do that in our life. Number one is this. It's stay humble. It's stay humble. Let me tell you this morning, pride, hear me today, church, pride is the longest distance between two people. Some of us are dealing with broken relationships, marriages, brothers and sisters, parents, kids. I tell you, at the root of every relationship dysfunction, you'll find pride. Let me tell you, at the root of every dysfunction in our relationship with God, you'll find pride. Pride says things like this. 
I can fix my life on my own. Pride says this, I don't need church to go to heaven. Pride says, it's only porn. It's better than having an affair. Pride says, I can have another, and you fill in the blank, drink, payment, anything in our life that separates us from God. Pride, let me, let me tell you, pride has the power to steal the closeness and connection we have with our Heavenly Father. It's the root of every evil in our life. Humility is where we find grace and healing and wholeness. You know, it took humility for that boy to go, you know what? I need to go to my dad and tell him I've sinned. I've blown it. It was a place of pride that said, you know what, let me just take my money and go do my own thing. I don't need you, Dad. I can do this on my own. And that's for every one of us in our life. Stay humble. What does Proverbs say in chapter 3? It says, God's grace and favor flow to the humble. God, humble me. Make me more like you. Never give me a spirit that says I can do this on my own, but God, help me to rely on you every step I take. Number two is this. Be honest with God. Be honest with God. I, I listened to a message recently by Craig Rochelle, and he said this. I, I hit stop on, on Audible as I was listening. And, and he said this. He said, we are only as strong as we are honest. Could be one of the most important things you hear all day. It, it, it struck me. It stopped me. We are only as strong as we are honest. This week I got an email from my youngest son's teacher about the middle of the day and started to read the email and I could, I, I could sense the concern that she had just even in the way she typed. They had taken a math test the day before and I don't know what all was involved in the test but I know that it was such that most of the kids in the class didn't do well. And she was concerned about it, and she had sent home, just sent this message to all the parents, hey, work with your kids tonight because we're going to do a, a makeup test tomorrow, and I want to make sure that they're ready for it. That day, Jen was gone that afternoon, asked me to pick up Ben and Caden, and so <clears throat> I got to where he was, and he made his way in the car, and in the back seat there. I'm looking in the rear view mirror. I say, hey, bud, how did the math test go today? I instantly saw my boy just freeze. It it was like he got caught. I saw him look down to start reaching for papers. And in a moment, I could sense that he he was trying to do anything he could to cover up the truth. I looked back at Ben and I said, Ben, I already know what happened. I already know. I got an email from your teacher. It was was in that moment I could sense the relief, like I don't have to explain to him. And here's why I I shared it with him. It's because just like there is in each and every one of us, I could sense in him a desire to try to cover up what was actually happening. He didn't want to bring dad the bad grade. He didn't want to tell me, hey, dad, I blew it. You know, I did really bad on the test. 
Can I tell you this? Your heavenly father already knows. He already knows the score. He already knows what you did, what you've gone through, your past and your pain. And he's, he's looking back at you today saying, I already heard. I already know what's going on. I just want you to be open and honest with me. Because we're only as strong as we are honest. Can, can, can I just be real with you? Some of us will never walk in the freedom that God has for us until we get open and honest with God. You keep saying to yourself, I'm going to fix it. Can I just bring some harsh truth to you today? You're not going to fix it. Jesus fixed it when he died on a cross. Listen, if, if he thought you could fix it, he wouldn't have sent his son to die. Listen, we struggle with the fixing it part. As long as we keep trying to fix it, we're going to live broken. As soon as we'll run to the cross and be open with a God who loves us and died for us, let me tell you, we won't have to fix it. We'll just have to bring it to him and let him fix it for us. Because somebody say amen in the room. Find healing in what he's done for us. Find healing in, the, in what he did, God, when, when, when he sent his son and died on a cross. Be open and honest with God. Let me tell you this. The most dirty and disgusting things in our life grow in the dark. They do. All, all of them. The path to freedom as we kick off this series and healing in our life is bringing it into the light. Being real. Being open. Being honest with God. And being honest with somebody else. Number three is this. Receive grace as a gift. Receive grace as a gift. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift of God. It's a gift of God. What's the message today? God has a second chance for every one of us. When we humble ourselves, when we get honest with him and receive his grace and mercy, he wants to change us like like never before. Give us a redo, a new start. I just want to invite you to bow your heads this morning as we close in prayer.